The Lifestylist, Episode 74, featuring Dr. Mark Circus. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. I'd like to start this episode off by saying happy 4th of July to my fellow American patriots. There's a lot worse places you could live in the world, and I am proud to be an American man, keeping it super real on another episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. So if you're catching this on Tuesday, my release day, you're probably on your way to a barbecue or doing something fun with your friends and family. And if you aren't, why not, man? Hardly anyone has to work on this day. I know I'm going to be cold chilling, doing some swimming, celebrating the fact that I live in a somewhat free society. Well, it's free until someone takes a good portion of your paycheck every month. But I won't get into that. Let's keep it positive. I'd like to start this episode by reading a couple reviews uh, that I recently got in iTunes, which was, by the way, really nice of you listeners. If you happen to be listening to this, I'm going to name check you. One of you has, like, not your real name, a name that you made up, but you'll know who you are. And if you are not one of the people that left a review, I'd like to encourage you to go to lukestory.com forward slash how to iTunes review. It's a great way to support the show, but here it goes. Because I hardly ever really get in and actually read all of these and I just did it. And I'm like, God, these are so awesome. You know, some of them are just like, hey, keep up the great work. I love it. But some of them are really excited and enthusiastic. So this one is entitled Giddy Love, and it was submitted by Sarah Halslander. And Sarah, if you're listening, forgive me if I didn't pronounce that right. I think I got it pretty close. Sarah had this to say. I get giddy every time a new episode comes available. Seriously, it is that good. I've learned so much from Luke and his beautiful guests on the show and end up implementing something new in my life with every episode. The content is awesome and the way the show flows is so chill, just like when you're hanging with your homies. I belly laugh every time I listen. (laughs) I'm belly laughing right now. That's great. A double bonus. She says, double bonus. So she says, uh, thanks, Luke. Keep it up, my man. You know what? Thank you, Sarah. And I love the best thing about this was not how you're saying how awesome I am, although that's wonderful too. No. Uh, What's great is you said that you're implementing something new from every episode. And that's really the purpose of this show, man, is to turn the rest of you humans on to some things that I've discovered or am currently discovering that have really helped my life. And, um, you know, learning the information, hearing about it, reading about it is one thing, but the application is another. So these principles in my life have only been meaningful when I give them an honest try. So next review is entitled For Your Consideration. And this was submitted by someone calling themselves the hotline of feeling. I don't know, maybe that's a website or something. I'll have to look into it, but I don't have the person's name. They had to say, it might be fair to say that Luke's passion has driven him to exhaustively search and find the creme de la creme of the world's resources for health and wellness. I believe this podcast is his part in endorsing the goodness that exists in the world by transmitting those findings via cyberspace to you. God, I should use this as my new show intro. This is great. Uh, his podcast has changed my life for the better. Consider listening because it might just change yours too. Harmony and be free. You know what? Harmony and be free to you too. Hotline of feeling. 
great review. Thank you so much. Okay, now what's the show about? Today's show is with Dr. Mark Circus. Now I've heard Mark on a couple podcasts over the years and he's been on my target list since I started this show a little over a year ago because he's one of the world's renowned experts on natural cancer cures. And I'm really into alternative medicine. I'm really into things that are a bit fringe, not the mainstream. I've known so many people with chronic diseases and they take the Western medicine route. And I've got to say the vast majority of the time, they don't do very well. However, I've known many people with numerous diseases over the years that have sought out, uh, you know, treatments and different protocols that are a bit left of center. So Dr. Circus actually lives in Brazil. He's an American guy, and he bounced. Maybe Fourth of July wasn't that intriguing to him anymore, and he got the hell out of here. And he lives in the jungle in Brazil. So I also want to forewarn you, at some point you're going to hear, like, really crazy birds. I mean, it, it's, it's very atmospheric, uh, you could say, but the sound is a little dodgy at times. Please forgive us for that. I mean, you got to understand... We're on a Skype call. His internet's probably like, you know, Flintstones era. And um, sometimes you can tell. So I like to pride myself in great sound quality. It was a little iffy at moments. But needless to say, the content is on point. And Mark is really a creative guy when it comes to the discoveries that he's made and what he calls natural oncology. Yes, the practice of natural oncology. So using tools from Mother Nature rather than harsh chemicals and surgeries to treat all sorts of uh, cancers. And his website is just like, you'll hear it plugged on the interview, but it's like, I mean, he just has endless, endless articles and it's just a really rich uh, site in terms of his blog and the information he's putting out. So some of the things we cover are as follows. What exactly is cancer anyway? You know, what is it? We never really think about what it is, you know, unless you've had it and really had to do some research. Um, so we talk about whether it's a fungus or what exactly cancer is to the layperson like myself. And then what does chemotherapy and radiation actually do to your body? Like how do those treatments work? Not if they work. <laughs> that's the next, actually, that's the next topic. Do traditional cancer treatments actually work? Um, turns out the, st the success statistics are horrendous. He gives some stats that are really, really scary. But we talk about like how the chemo process and radiation process actually um, operate. You know, when you go have those sorts of treatments done, what does that really mean? And then uh, how those mainstream cancer treatments destroy the immune system, which is crazy because the immune system is the thing that beats cancer, right? But the things that are traditionally given to you to get rid of the cancer, treat the cancer, kill your immune system. So it's pretty tricky there. Uh, then we talk about uh, one of my favorite devices and one of his for cancer treatment, which is called the Biomat. And this is something I literally was just, I'm hot as shit because I was just laying on mine in the living room before I went in here to record the intro. And it's like this infrared amethyst filled heating pad that is a super powerful healing tool. Heads up ladies, just aside from the cancer. This is the number one treatment for menstrual cramps. Just a side note, I've tried this on numerous lady friends and um, they all end up buying one. And as a matter of fact, speaking of buying one, uh, I believe I've got them linked on my website on the store, which I'll plug at some point here. Then we talk about another one of my favorite gadgets called the Earth Pulse, which is a PEMF device that I personally use for sleep and healing. And then he talks about EMFs in our home. If you don't know what EMFs are, you're going to find out. And then we really go deep into some of his top recommendations for treating cancer naturally, such as the use of iodine, 
sodium bicarbonate, also known as baking soda, molecular hydrogen, which is another one of my favorite supplements called Mega Hydrate. I use that stuff every day. Magnesium bicarbonate, alkaline water. Then the benefits of magnesium oil, flakes, gels, the benefits of sun gazing, the use of medicinal marijuana products in treating cancer, sun exposure, and the false risk of cancer because vitamin D helps you actually not get cancer. Some cool stuff about sun there. What's the healthiest water in the world to drink, according to Dr. Circus? And what types of cancer do not respond to these natural treatments? And then finally, how does the monetary expense of natural cancer treatment compare with Western medicine's cost? Some really interesting stuff here. A controversial subject, I realize. You guys know I am not a doctor. That's why I love talking to experts like Dr. Mark Circus. You're really going to get a lot out of the show. And uh, I guess without further ado, let's go ahead and keep this party moving. Again, happy 4th of July. Happy 2017. It's been a great year. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, you're really going to enjoy this episode. And if you know someone who struggled with cancer, diagnosis, things like that, please share this episode with them because there are a lot of answers out there that aren't commonly known in the general public. Thank you, and we will see you next Tuesday for an epic interview with Dr. Jack Cruz. Hey, check this out. I recently launched something on my site called The Master Market. It's a super cool store where I've got different categories, whether it be spirituality, mind focus, outdoors, food, superfoods, supplements, bedroom, sleep, office, jet lag, biohacking. There's even a bookstore from some of my favorite books and books recommended by my guests. And what this is, is like a hub where you can go find all of the links to everything I've either used and vetted or I'm currently using in my life to build the ultimate lifestyle. So it's called The Master Market, Luke's Lifestyle List, and you can find it at lukestory.com forward slash store. Just go to my site and you'll see it in the navigation. Now, what's really cool about this is when you make a purchase through my store, I'm not actually selling you anything. I'm just curating a really dope place where you can go find the best stuff. So I get a piece of commission if you make a sale through the site. The vendor, of course, makes some cash because you buy and you get a place where you can go and save time and money from not having to look around for the best stuff and do all the research yourself. But what's even cooler is most of those items come with a custom discount code if you go through my site, which is pretty cool. So it's a win, 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 triple trifecta win. Great way to support my work and the podcast and the show, as well as the brands and your own health and well-being. Check it out. LukeStory.com forward slash store. A massive part of my health strategy is the ingestion on a regular basis of medicinal herbs and medicinal mushrooms. And my primary source for those is a company called Four Sigmatic. If you remember way back in the day in episode eight, I had a guest by the name of Taro Isakapula from this company. And we talked all about the power of these amazing herbs and mushrooms. Well, Four Sigmatic do a great job of making them not only potent, but also convenient and delicious. So they make these little packets of herbs that you add to hot water, cold water, or bulletproof coffee, whatever your recipe is. I make them with all kinds of different stuff all the time. It makes a really easy way to get this stuff into your body. And these are herbs that have a real effect on you. It's very powerful stuff. So go to foursigmatic.com, but wait, I'm going to hook it up. When you get to foursigmatic.com, enter the code THELIFESTYLIST at checkout to save 15% off your order. So you can get things like reishi mushrooms, chaga mushrooms, cordyceps, lion's mane, ashwagandha, all the good stuff that really works. So go to foursigmatic.com, enter the code THELIFESTYLIST and save 15% off your order. 
Today's episode is brought to you by my friends over at Organifi.com. Really excited about this product. I've been using it for a few months, and I've got to say, they are revolutionizing the green juice game. So you probably know that green juice is good for you, right? We see them like in 7-Eleven now and airport convenience stores. That's awesome. I'm all for it. But there's a couple of issues with green juice that I find troubling. A is a lot of times they come in plastic. B, they're loaded with sugar up to 25 grams sometimes, which is insane. That's like a green Coke. But the main thing is they're just really in convenient. They're not good for travel. Organifi has solved that problem by creating these single serving packets of a really easy to mix, easy to use green juice superfood blend. It's loaded with 11 superfoods. It's got chlorella, wheatgrass, spirulina, mint, turmeric, moringa, ashwagandha, lemon, beets, matcha green tea, coconut water. Best of all, it's sweetened with monk fruit, which is a really low glycemic sugar. So it's not going to spike your blood sugar, which essentially drains you of energy, makes you crash, and ultimately could also make you fat because you don't want to be having a high sugar drink. It just is not good. So these guys make this amazing tasting, super powerful green juice powder. It also comes in a tub if you just want to have one at home. It's by far the tastiest one that I've found. There's a lot of superfood green blends around. And to be honest, a lot of them just taste gross and they don't mix well and they're just not convenient to travel with. You'd have to like make a Ziploc bag full of some green powder. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be traveling through the airport security and get caught with one of those. So if you want to check it out, I highly recommend that you do. And I've also got a little discount for you, of course. All you do is go to Organifi.com, that's spelled with an I, Organifi.com, enter the code LIFESTYLIST, and you will save 20% off your order. It's a pretty sweet deal. So again, go to Organifi.com, enter the code LIFESTYLIST, and you will save 20%. Check it out. Dr. Mark Circus is a prolific writer and author of some astounding medical and health-related books. His methods are based on medical science and long years of clinical experience, not only his own experience, but that of doctors from around the world who have been practicing brilliant medicine. Natural allopathic medicine represents a new therapeutic principle that revolutionizes both allopathic and naturopathic medicine, offering a radical shift in medical thought and practice. Dr. Serkis' protocol addresses foundational physiology. It focuses on pH management, cell voltage, magnesium and iodine medicine, cannabinoid medicine, carbon dioxide medicine, remineralization of the body, increasing oxygen, opening up of blood vessels, saturation and healing of cells with concentrated nutrition via superfoods, breathing retraining, emotional transformation processing, detoxification, and removal of heavy metals and radioactive particles. The doctor's approach is humanitarian because it pays attention to the majority that cannot afford expensive medical treatments or pharmaceutical drugs. With the natural allopathic medicine protocol, people with limited funds can make use of his recommendations with little financial burden, and I'm really excited to bring you Dr. Mark Circus. Welcome to the show, Mark. Really good to talk to you today. Thanks for having me, Luke. Absolutely, man. So you're down in Brazil, and uh, when we first got on the call, there was rivers in the background and birds. It sounds very lovely. How long have you been living down there? Well, f officially and full-time since September, but we've been going back and forth for years uh, as we've been building. We've been living on the northeast coast. And uh, finally, one of my greatest conquests was getting my wife to agree to live here. <laughs> okay, so your wife's from uh, American then? No, no, she's uh, Brazilian. Oh, okay, to get her to live up there where you're located. 
Right. I gotcha. Right. Okay, cool. And I hear a little accent from you. Where are you from originally? New York. Ah, okay. I, I never want to say because every once in a while I get it a little bit wrong, but um, cool. Well, that sounds great. Brazil is one of my favorite places in the world, so you're a lucky man. I hope to follow in your footsteps someday. I enjoy it here. been down here 26 years. 26 years. Awesome, man. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the topic today. And, you know, it's all about natural healing. And obviously, you focus specifically on natural oncology, on the um, alternative treatment to cancer. And so I want to jump into that and, and just a lot of your different protocol. Your website, by the way, for anyone listening, is just a very rich resource of recommendations and different protocol. And I've used and tried a lot of the stuff on there. So it's always nice to find someone's site. I mean, I've known about your work for a while, but I just went back in and dug into it. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'm doing a lot of this stuff already and I'm not even sick. So it was encouraging for me. So what is your focus in terms of what you describe as natural oncology? How is that different from what one might find in an American hospital? Hmm. Good question. Well, what I have de- I've developed a model that comes out of intensive care wards and, and emergency rooms. And in fact, I'm, I'm writing an essay right now is how, how would you treat stage four or stage five cancer? the point when the doctors give up on you and you're dying. If you're in the mainstream, you might end up or will probably end up in an intensive care ward. But what Western medicine does is it treats you not always, but predominantly with pharmaceuticals and interventions that cause cancer. They do diagnostics with machines, radiation machines that cause cancer or increase the chance of cancer or increase the depression of the immune system. And then they use treatments that also cause cancer. Chemotherapy causes cancer and radiation therapy for sure causes cancer. They even give almost lethal dosage and we wonder why so many people die. But using some of the same principles, I went into the emergency room and intensive care wards and found out what really works there and what their best medicines are. And they don't talk about these things. Things like sodium bicarbonate, magnesium chloride or magnesium sulfate, oxygen, carbon dioxide, selenium is even injectable, iodine, substances that are very strong that are used in hospitals. And I forge these t- type of items that, that are natural, that are minerals, or other types of substances, like electrons and photons, and harness it in high concentrations and focus it in on the physiology of the body. So it's like um, kind of a medical approach using very intense, let's call them medicinals. They are medicines, but normally we think of medicines as pharmaceuticals. Sodium bicarbonate is not a pharmaceutical. Magnesium chloride, it's not a pharmaceutical. Iodine. So Well, that's also, it's been around for 150 years. Right. I love where this is going, and I have all of those specifically in my notes. So I'm definitely, we're going to go through and kind of bullet those out and cover some of those um, you know, elements to this protocol that you've developed specifically. Before we get into that, what is cancer? I mean, I think we all have this idea of it 
being these cells that kind of go rogue and start to divide and multiply in ways that is pathological and dangerous. But I don't, I think a lot of us just have a scary sort of mental, you know, uh, image of what cancer is, but in, in your opinion or your experience, what is it? I mean, is it a fungus? Is it, it do we even know what it is? Yes, there, it's actually many things at the same time. And what it really is, is not a concept. I mean, we can have a concept of something and then what the reality is. We use, can use many concepts to describe cancer, and some of them are very universal, like, for instance, uh, and we've known this for oh, 80 years or so, that cancer cells have turned away from using the mitochondrial parts of the cell to produce energy using oxygen because they're very low on oxygen. There's a switch, a survival switch in cells that turns them cancerous by definition, turning them into using fermentation for energy because they're starved of oxygen. So they either die or switch. Now, of course, this is a little different than what everybody likes to believe. You know, it's all in the DNA, and it's the DNA and the DNA. But that's really a very superficial way of looking at cancer. Yes, the DNA gets involved whenever cells get uh, change. The environment of the cells and the cytoplasm and everything that's going on, including the energy production, will affect the DNA. But which gets affected first is a lot to be debated. So we have a low oxygen situation and fermentation taking place. Now, just so happens that that type of cell that's using fermentation, it could be a human cell that's turned that way, or it can be a yeast, a fungus. Fungus use the same type of energy production. So... Whether it's a, a fungus or not, or a human cell turned to a kind of fungal cell or not, there's a certain similarity, certain thing going on. And for sure, it's low oxygen. If it's low oxygen, then you have low cell energy. If it's low oxygen and low cell energy, it's also very acidic because they all go together. You know, acidity and cell energy, for instance, pH and so voltage. It's the same thing. You can look up on the Google and see a conversion chart that ch changes pH into voltage. Right. So, so it's kind of a, I guess cancer, you could say then from a layman's point of view is sort of a perfect storm of a lot of different variables and potentialities coming together in a way. Is that, would that be a, a decent summary? Right. Of that? Yeah. Cause you add in toxicity heavy metal, pollution, all these things compromise the cells and their ability to get oxygen. So when we're poisoned, when we're breathing, you know, living in a city and constantly breathing in poisons or drinking a lot of alcohol, all these, you know, the list or the stress that we're under, right? the stress that we're under, sexual stress for women, you know, 30% have been raped or abused as children. All of these things weigh on the immune system. So things start wearing down or things don't work so well. And cancer is kind of the end of this long process. Right, right. It's the, it's the end game as a result of a lot of different variables. So 
I, I like what you're talking about how so many things in our medical system are backwards. So the treatments for cancer actually cause cancer. And it, it reminds me of the paradox of something like sunscreen. You know, everyone's paranoid about getting skin cancer. So they put on material on their skin that, you know, is their largest organ that absorbs the chemicals that cause cancer. You know, it's like these types of things just melt my brain, you know, because it's like we just have so many things backwards. It's just like we call organic food some special kind of food and then food that is actually poisonous we call conventional. You know, there's just so many like weird paradigm viewpoints that we have. And uh, I don't know, it's just it's why I love interviewing people like you that have a different point of view. So based on the traditional treatments, what one would normally find in like, you know, the best cancer clinic in the United States, I mean, is there any success with chemo and radiation and the treatments that we normally use to treat this? Well, not everybody dies, and there are certain successes. You can't, you know, I'd like to deny that, but, but my wife always reminds me that there are the cases that people do survive many years, even under, you know, chemotherapy or radiation. Some people, like her father who had prostate cancer like 10 years ago, he took traditional treatments, and he's okay. So it's not like people, some people don't respond well, but the statistics are terrible. Right, They're right. terrible. Yeah. I, I mean, I think personally, if I had cancer, I would do everything else under the sun other than that, because like you said, I just the treatments themselves are terrifying. What What is chemotherapy? Like we all know that name, but I don't think anyone really knows what it is. What's, what's like a basic description of that particular treatment? Well, the chemotherapy I do is very different than the chemotherapy the mainstream oncologists do. Okay. They're using, I mean, now they're getting, of course, more sophisticated. It started out with a derivative of mustard gas, Everybody knows that chemotherapy is very toxic. It kills cancer cells, and that's why some people survive, but if it doesn't kill you, because it's very toxic for are the healthy cells. And it's the healthy cells that determine really the conditions for cancer cells. You know, if cancer cells are surrounded by really strong, healthy cells, it doesn't stand as much of a chance as if all the cells that are, are supposedly healthy are actually pretty sick. And made sicker with like the chemotherapy, right? Right. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, like putting, so they <laughs> go they, ahead, go ahead. They evolved that. They evolved that type of you know using mustard gas and pure, pure, pure poison. Now they brag about this and that type of chemotherapy, but basically it's a very strong pharmaceutical, very toxic, kills cancer cells, kills regular cells. It's poison. It's poison. Right. So it's it's one of those things sort of like antibiotics. It's like if you're getting a systemic infection, of course, antibiotics are the answer, but the anti antibiotics don't discriminate between, quote unquote, good and bad bacteria. They're just going to annihilate all the bacteria in your system. So chemotherapy then could be said to sort of cause cell death on a widespread level throughout your body, healthy cells and disease cells. Is that correct? Yes, but if you take another substance like very concentrated hemp oil, medical marijuana. That is a chemotherapy. It's natural, not toxic. It also will kill cancer cells, but it will not kill regular cells. So one form of chemotherapy, we call it natural chemotherapy, 
is medical marijuana in a concentrated form. And it's not the only substance that kills cancer cells. Right. So I guess that's because you refer to what you do as natural allopathic medicine. Do I have that right? That's correct. Okay. Allopathic, so. allopathic stands for rational, scientific, clinically based medicine. Things that we can talk about through either through medical history, medical observation, medical studies, things that just are very rational and make sense. But all natural because nothing toxic makes sense. Poisoning sick people, there's no logic to it. It's, it doesn't make any There's sense. There's no logic to walking out of a window <laughs> from the 50th floor and thinking that you're going to fly. There's no logic to it. Poisoning somebody who is sick and say, okay, let's, let's give, make it really harder for the body to get better. Let's give it some toxicity. <laughs> right. And, it, and isn't really like when our body is unable to stop cancer from developing or spreading, isn't that that our immune system is compromised and that's what allows that to happen. And then when you get a traditional therapy like chemo or radiation, aren't we just like hammering the shit out of our immune system? It seems like this feed, this feedback loop of like just a bad idea. It's just like, wait, that doesn't make sense. There's a lot of things in this world that really make no sense. I mean, there's a list. I was, I was talking to my son about the list. They were doing some research in school for about Fukushima and radiation, the nuclear industry. You know, that whole industry makes no sense. Yeah, it sure it sure doesn't. So I want to go ahead and start digging into some of the yeah. modalities that you work with now that we have a little bit of a platform. I think everyone understands that A, cancer sucks. It's really scary. B, we haven't cracked the code uh, for whatever reason, you know, on a widespread level, at least in traditional Western medicine. There's not a great success rate in the way that we're doing it. So I want to talk about some of the things that you've used and seen people use that work. So the first one I definitely want to cover is the biomat. Now, I discovered the biomat about 10 years ago and just got it as kind of, you know, part of my health regimen. I didn't have anything particularly wrong other than back pain, and I heard it helped with that. So you know, I spent, I don't know, I think $700 on the small biomat. And I've got to say, like, it's the best $700 I ever spent. I literally use it every single day. I take it on the airplane. I take it in my car. I meditate on it. And anyone, and especially women that I've ever let use it, just immediately fall in love with it and want one for themselves. So what is the biomat? <laughs> and you know what I'm, I mean, obviously, you know what I mean? I'm sure you've had this experience, but what is the biomat? Because people ask me and I go, I don't know. It's like infrared heat with a bunch of weird crystals in it. I really don't know what it is, but I just know I like it. So how would you describe it and how is it best used? Well, we'll let's talk about it in the, in the context of cancer. Sure, sure. First of all, I agree totally. I mean, I'd say 999 people out of a thousand fall in love with their biomat. It's, it's dream medical technology. It's just, it gives comfort when you need it the most. It gives comfort every day if you need it every day. It gives comfort every night if you give it every night. There's nothing, there's no body and nothing that can give us comfort like a biomat can. And what it is, it's a, it's a mattress. You put it on your bed and you turn it, all you have to do is buy it. That's the difficult part. Once you have it, it's easy. You just turn it on, you wait 15 minutes, 20 minutes, like before you go to sleep, get into bed, or if you want to use it during the day, and it warms up, but it's not you know, getting hot. What is happening is it's, it's the whole process of creating 
light, infrared light. And that's the, the frequency of light that comes from the sun that warms us. And this light actually, while you're laying on it, will penetrate into the body and turns to heat inside. It's not like a sleeping blanket or a heating pad. It's light that's being absorbed. And we could spend the whole hour talking about light and how it interacts with water. Um, we can talk about vitamin D. You know, but this is not the, the frequency of light that turns into vitamin D. We need the sun for that or vitamin D, D3 supplements. So this enters us and it warms us from the interior. When we are dying, we get cold. When we die, when we're dead, we get very cold. We don't want to be cold. Cold is very uncomfortable. Many people do not have normal body temperature. They're below normal. And there's a mathematical curve that shows exactly body temperature and immune system strength. The minute your temperature drops and goes below normal, so does your immune system. When you get a fever and the temperature goes up, you, you increase your immune system strength. And doctors of old used to see that sometimes their patients who get a bit, uh, cancer patients with a strong infection and a high fever actually end up curing their cancer because you get a high fever and the immune system goes into hyperdrive. So getting on a biomat is, I'm not a cold person. I'm a hot person and I still love my biomat. And when I had a chronic illness, I lived on my biomat. What illness did you have? Oh, that's another long story. I had uh, like a ulcer. Oh, okay. Ulcer in my okay. upper stomach. And <laughs> it's funny. Um, started out as acid reflux and blah, Ah, uh, uh, okay. So uh, it's funny. I, I'm listening through my headphones here, and I, I was like, what is that noise? It sounded like someone was on a um, chalkboard for a minute, and then I realized it's Brazilian birds because you're in the middle of the jungle. Like it sounds like the soundtrack to Alfred Hitchcock's *The Birds*. What a what a um, what a neat place you must have down there. <laughs> yeah, it took me a second. I was like, "What the hell is that?" And I almost stopped recording, and then I realized, "Oh no, it's okay. It's part of the soundtrack. It's pretty zen, actually." Once I realized what it was. So with the biomat, um, you know what I find too about it is it's just extremely relaxing. You know, it's like as I said, I don't have ulcers, and I don't thank God, uh, as far as I know, don't have any cancer going on. But it's like it's so healing and restorative to the body, and it just—I don't know—it seems to really calm your nervous system. Would you say that that's part of part of the benefit too? Is just getting that interior heat on your organs and boosting your immune system through well, that well, parasympathetic sort of relaxed response? Well, it's like when you jump into bed with your lover and you cuddle, it feels wonderful. There's right. nothing probably more calming. Right. And one of the basic reasons it feels that way is because warm bodies give off infrared. It gives off this heat. It feels good on contact. And it's the same with the biomat. It's if you're single, <laughs> it's. I mean, I'm not promising anything, but <laughs> it, you get into bed at night. You, no, really, if you get in, you know, what sometimes when my wife travels and you get have to get into bed at night alone, you jump into a biomat that's already warmed up. It feels. It gives you that warm, receptive feeling. It really feels good because it is good. And it really does something. I mean, 
in, as I say, increasing your immune, your your temperature increases your immune system. You can spend a hundred thousand dollars and get some fancy chemotherapy now. The new that stimulates immune system response, or you can buy a biomat and do it every day. Right. Every day. I think of it sort of as a preventative thing too, because knowing that you and other people have had success in adding the biomat into uh, the treatment of various diseases in terms of like a natural treatment. But I think of things like that or my infrared sauna or doing cryotherapy or ice baths, any of the crazy stuff that I do. It's just like, I'd rather just do it now and never get sick and just have a very robust immune system rather than go off the cliff and then try and tread water back up, you know? So that's what I always recommend to people when it comes to things like the Biomat is like, listen, it's what is, I mean, the small one's like 700 bucks, which is, you know, it's a decent amount of money, but have you ever priced out a, a night in the hospital without insurance? You know what I mean? It's like some of these right. things I think are really worth the investment because of the long-term benefit. And it's like they say, uh, you know, you either pay the farmer or you pay the doctor later. It's, it's kind of like that ethos that I live by is like, I'm going to do everything I can to just stay healthy rather than having to pull all the emergency stops out once my health goes to shit, you know? Well, you're smarter than me, Luke. <laughs> you went the other well, well listen i mean i have been well, sick at various points of my life trust me but I, I just haven't had like any chronic disease as of yet that's required me to get that hardcore i just kind of do everything in a preventative way well when i was 50 i realized that i should be like what you're saying that i should be proactive and i didn't and then when i hit 60 and i was playing tennis one day i just fell on the court with this really strong attack of acid reflux or GERD, and it just brought me to my knees. And that was the price I paid for not doing what you're doing as a younger man, or even for 50 is not so young. Um, yeah, I'm, for, I'm 46. The, my, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm 46, so I'm, I'm creeping up there. I mean, it's funny, you know, you know how it is. As you get older, you don't realize kind of, wow, I'm like almost in midlife. <laughs> you know, it's weird. <laughs> so I still feel yeah, yeah. young in, in many ways. So I want to move on from the biomat and I want to get into a couple of these other things because there's like, you know, so much. I want to make sure that I cram as much in, even if I just have to touch on a couple of things. So the biomat, I'm totally on board uh, for people listening. I'll put the links in the show note. Uh, there's some kind of fake ones around you want to avoid. There's weird stuff on eBay. Like I know um, you guys, um, sell the the to me like the most legitimate website and stuff like that for the biomat so i'm definitely going to link out to that so anyone listening don't worry about it if you're subscribed to my newsletter at lukestory.com you will get that stuff emailed to you now moving on to something else that i also own that i've been experimenting with for about two years for sleep primarily is the machine called the earth pulse which is a p-e-m-f mm. device and i don't i rarely meet someone that even knows what that is so how does the earth pulse and PMF therapy in general play into the natural treatment of cancer? Well, actually, the Biomat is recognized by the FDA, and so is, is this other therapy. It's been approved for treatment of certain cancers, especially brain cancer. And it's, it's a frequency medicine. It's frequency healing. It's putting out... You know, different machines is a whole field of machines that under this category. You know, it's electromagnetic, and they put puts out different kinds of frequencies or energy. And depending on the frequency and the strength of it, 
has a different effect inside the cells. Now, this, you know, one of the ways of understanding is that we live in a universe of radiation. The electromagnetic spectrum from zero to almost infinity encompasses everything. Everything is vibrating. And everything that's vibrating puts out waves, and we can talk about it in terms, as a physicist, in terms of frequency, amplitude, voltage, magnetic fields, you know, the different properties. You know, the biomat is infrared. When we get into this different kind of frequencies, like the Earth pulse, it's a totally different, it's basically, it's non-physical where infrared is very, it's the most physical part of light. It gives heat. It can knock you over. It can burn you to a crisp if there's enough of it. You stay out in the sun long enough, it's, you're going to overheat because of the infrared, not just the ultraviolet burning your skin. So, but, so this kind of energy is another type of energy. The earth pulse and its name, the frequency it puts out, is what they call the, around the Schumann waves. The Schumann waves, the very low frequency is like, this is like three or four different points, but they're around 10 hertz. This is what the Earth, the frequency, puts out into the atmosphere. It's a constant frequency. It's 10, or it's maybe it's 9.2, and then 13.6 is like three or four points but they're all considered around the Schumann waves. So when you sleep, and this thing works really nice with the biomat because you turn on your biomat and then you could have your earth pulse machine under your pillow or even under your bed. It's so strong, it'll go right through the bed. And you set them both all night long. The biomat, you're getting the heat, the infrared, this very physical part of light. And with the Earth Pulse, you're getting the Schumann waves. You're bathing in an intense bath of the basic base note of the Earth. You could almost say the healing power of the Earth. And when I got my machine about two years ago, three, when I was really sick, I was really sick at that point, I could hold my breath for one minute and 15 seconds. And he, he said to me, before I even got it in the mail, he said it's going to, and I looked at all the pages and his sites and everything, that it was going to increase my oxygen carrying capacity or the uh, how much oxygen getting delivered to my cells. And after two months of using it, I could hold my breath for two minutes and 15 seconds. Wow. And that was, you know, that measurement told me more about this therapy than you know, all the concepts and the reports and everything else. Right, right. As I say, there's a lot of different equipment out there. The Earth Pulse is nice also. It's powerful. It's got a nice frequency. It's a very intelligent one. And it's not that expensive. Yeah, I know. I was Compared to some of these other machines. Yeah, I was looking at like a, you know, a practitioner level PMF machine yesterday. I don't even know the name of it offhand, but it's a serious analog solid state big machine. It's like one they use on racehorses and stuff. And it's like 20 grand, you know, whereas the Earth Pulse, I think I paid, I don't know if I recall, but 1200 bucks or something like that. But some of the PMF technology that's not really for like 
individual use it's more for practitioners gets really really expensive so that's that's one thing that i liked about the earth pulse too is it was attainable and that's funny that you mentioned combining them because i typically don't sleep on my biomat i sleep on something called a chili pad because i just sleep a lot better when it's super cold i use the biomat just Mm. in a lot of other applications but i do have the earth pulse under my mattress and um and i've just really used it as a sleep tool, you know, it seems to really put me in mm-hmm. deep sleep. I'll put it on the setting sleep three or sleep four. What setting do you recommend for someone who's experiencing, you know, a chronic disease or something a little more serious? Well, they, they recommend starting with the sleep program, sleep three. Right. And start starting from there. Right. Sleep four. Also, do you do you have any other concerns in terms of the EMFs generated by either the biomat or the Earth Pulse? Like neg- I have negative a EMFs? That me- I, yeah, I have a machine that measures that, and uh, the they're made very very well. It's not you can't get it down to zero, but it's really very well shielded. Okay, so they're very low EMF. I guess if somebody's making a device that's intended for healing, they're hopefully smart enough to make sure that it's, you know, they're limiting the amount of negative EMFs that are being generated by it. Otherwise, it sort of defeats the purpose, right? Yeah. And the Earth Pulse has a a consumer version. I think it's only like 500. You have the professional with the two heads. Yes, exactly. You can get one for for five or $600 with a single head. Cool. Oh, yeah. that, that's awesome. Great. Well, I'll definitely put that in the show notes too, so people can link out to that. Because it's been, a, like I said, just for me for sleep, it's been amazing, and I haven't even, you know, used it to its full potential. There's other settings on there that you can use to wake, actually wake up and have more energy, and just keep it under your desk when you're working and all sorts of crazy stuff. I just, out of being busy, I haven't explored that much. Uh, the next thing I wanted to get into was iodine. I know it's something you're a proponent of. You mentioned uh, earlier nascent iodine, Lugol's iodine. What does iodine mm. do for us, and uh, how is it good for the natural treatment of cancer? Well, I'm actually in the process of writing a second edition of my iodine book, and I myself am going through this process of increasing the value I put on iodine. In fact, I'm to this morning, I was writing an essay, and let me see if I can find this title. It's going to be very interesting. Iodine replaces vaccines and antibiotics. So you can imagine if we have a substance that could actually replace vaccines and antibiotics at the same time, we're talking about a very important mineral a mineral medicine. And on top of the fact that we're living in a world that beyond antibiotics, antibiotics is not working very much anymore as we've created through the use of antibiotics, antibiotic resistant bacteria. So we're kind of at the end of times in terms of antibiotics and we need something else. And what's gonna ride to the rescue? Iodine. Iodine has been used in hospitals for 100, over 150 years. Uh, doctors know it kills everything on contact, viruses, bacteria, and fungus. If there's enough iodine, there's not going to be anything else alive except human cells. If you drink, you know, unless you drown yourself in iodine, you can take very high dosages, but it does not harm healthy cells. In an age where radiation, especially radioactive iodine, is increasing, since Fukushima, we've had a blast 
of radioactive iodine. Not that we haven't had radioactive iodine blasting around the planet before, but now with Fukushima, we've had a real blanketing of radioactive iodine. There's one that's lasts half-life is only eight days, but there's another one, iodine-129, that's going to hang around for about 15 million years. If we don't have enough iodine inside of us, then we're like this radar antenna. We're like sitting ducks for any of the radioactive type that just comes floating by, or is it our milk or cheese? I mean, any kind of contamination, if we're iodine deficient, you're going to be absorbing that, including things like fluoride in the United States or in Brazil here. They like still like to put like insane men into the water. If for iodine deficient people, which are, is a big percentage of the population, more than half, if you live in the Detroit area and you were Dr. Brownstein's patient, he tested 5,000 of them and 96% were iodine deficient. Fluoride is a iodine kind of atom. It will replace iodine and go right into your thyroid. Bromide, which the uh, pharmaceutical companies use in their medicines and what they put in bread instead of iodine, which they used to do, these poison the thyroid. So iodine is an incredibly important medicine. It uh, kills three classifications of pathogens. When you look at the fact that vaccines are very dangerous and toxic and that antibiotics really kind of destroy the body, especially certain types. You know, iodine is like a knight in shining armor coming to the rescue, especially for parents who have to worry about what they're going to do with their kids. That's awesome. Thank you for the overview of that. And and I noticed that you recommend the Lugol's iodine and the nascent iodine. I personally take the, uh, mm-hmm. the liquid nascent iodine every morning in my morning water. Mm-hmm. It's next to the nightstand. It's just kind of become... Uh, become a habit. Why would you recommend those forms of iodine rather than a you know a powdered capsule or something like that? Okay. How, first of all, how much do you take every morning? Oh, probably about a quarter of a dropper. Oh, it's good. You don't count the drops. You just do it. Nope. I just squirt, I'll do. A, I squirt about a quarter dropper in every morning in my water. I do a full dropper. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. I think from when I was a kid, there was there was this old Howling Wolf song, and it's, it says, "You put iodine in my coffee." Like there's some, I have some sort of like fear that iodine can also <laughs> be used as a poison, and it's just some weird thing I got literally got from a blues song. Is there any risk of you know if I were to take or if one was to take a full dropper or two droppers of like nascent iodine, would they keel over as if it was a poison or no? Mm, no. no. Okay. And in fact, if you needed it. If you needed two droppers, three droppers, four droppers, you can take it safely. That's what, when, if you had syphilis 100 years ago, what do you think they gave you? I'm guessing iodine. I gave you a gram, a gram of iodine. Wow. Was there any point at which humans got enough iodine from their diet if we're eating dulse or kelp or sea vegetables or sea uh, creatures? I mean, is there is there any food that has enough iodine to give us that level or is it really something we would need to supplement just because we don't live in a natural world anymore because of this bombardment with bromine and radiation and all this stuff. Well, the Japanese, they get a, you know, live on the sea, and uh, if you drink, eat enough seafoods and algae and kelp and things like that, you can get enough iodine. 
as it used as a medicine, you know, cancer rates are very low in Japan compared to the United States. And they, ha- they take much, much, much more iodine. And they take that not as a supplement, glucose. They're eating a diet very high in iodine. If you live by the sea and you eat seafood and you get, go down to the ocean, when the, the waves and they come in, they put iodine into the air, you're not going to get iodine deficient. Do you get enough iodine to prevent cancer that way? Well, in Japan, yes. And I think they're, they're taking like 12 milligrams a day in their diet. Wow, wow. Okay. But if you already have cancer, well, then you want to take 50 or 100 milligrams a day. Noted. Or more. Noted, okay. Or more. Wow, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And then what about sodium bicarbonate, which is a big part of your protocol, slash uh, what, what we'd call baking soda? Uh, that's something you know that I I've not really heard of um, other than from you. And I take baking soda only if I'm having like a very acidic stomach and like heartburn and stuff. But I'm always paranoid that it's gonna like it's gonna make me too alkaline in my digestive tract, and then I won't be able to digest food. So I'm I'm always weird about taking it. What? How does your protocol work with baking soda, and how does that play into the natural treatment of cancer? Well, let's, let's talk about two things at the same time. Okay. Breathing, breathing, and sodium bicarbonate. Well, actually, a few things at the same time. Breathing and the speed of our breathing. Sodium bicarbonate, which when we talk about sodium bicarbonate, we're talking about carbon dioxide. Because when you take sodium bicarbonate and it gets into the stomach and hits the stomach acid, it turns into carbon dioxide. And that's why you'll belch. If you want to see that happen without going into your stomach with a you know, tube or something, you just take a lemon and squeeze it into the glass with the bicarbonate, and you'll see it turn to carbon dioxide right in the glass. So you end up drinking this bubbly stuff. Everything I just mentioned are tied together. Sodium bicarbonate or potassium bicarbonate, I use a formula. It's fantastic. It's called pH adjust. It has sodium bicarbonate, potassium bicarbonate, and magnesium carbonate. So you're getting three of these, you know, getting the magnesium, the bicarbonates, and the potassium, all in, and the sodium, which you really don't need more of. You most people don't. Uh, actually, I'll take that back. Some Dr. Brownstein uses salt for healing, real salt, not table salt, but like Himalayan salt or real salt from the United States. So salt can be very important. Uh, it's essential. So you take sodium bicarbonate. And it goes into the stomach, or you use lemon, and it turns to CO2. And that CO2 goes into the bloodstream in the form of bicarbonate. So we go from bicarbonate to CO2 back to bicarbonate in the bloodstream. And in the bloodstream, bicarbonate and carbon dioxide are like twin sisters. They turn into each other at the speed of light. So what happens when you have more bicarbonate in the blood... It has more capacity to buffer acids. With more carbon dioxide in the blood, the blood vessels relax, they dilate, so blood pressure comes down, and the oxygen disassociation curve changes for the better, so more oxygen gets carried by the red blood cells when you take bicarbonate. So bottom line, you take bicarbonate, and it gives you a hit of oxygen, oxygen. I see. And do you see any uh, 
positive effects of doing, you know, the um, the baking soda in relation to working out? Just total side question. I just popped in my head. I was like, actually, I read somewhere the other day that people say, yeah, take a, you know, a tablespoon in a glass of water before you go work out and it oxygenates your body and allows you to work out a lot oh, harder. Sure. Would that make sense to you from your standpoint? Oh, sure. Alkaline tissues hold a lot more oxygen than ah, acid ones. I see. The transport of oxygen, getting it on the red blood cells, off the red blood cells, into the cells themselves, it all works better in an alkaline environment. So bicarbonate is like, I mean, we just talked about iodine being super, super important, but bicarbonate is like a miracle medicine. The pharmaceutical companies never came up with anything as good. Wow. Nothing is fast acting. It's instant. Wow. And one of the reasons we need it is, especially as we get older, I mean, we could talk about a lot of the reasons we need it, but as we get older, you know, we produce bicarbonate in our stomach, we produce bicarbonate in our pancreas, and we produce bicarbonate in our kidneys. You know, the body gets a little tired, especially if you're stressed out and you're getting older, if it's producing so much bicarbonate. Or in your case, so much hydrochloric acid in your stomach, so that's why you get the acid reflux, because you don't have enough acid. But let's not talk about that. So as we get older, our, our three main organs that produce bicarbonate don't produce enough. We become bicarbonate deficient. Or let's take this. Anybody, one of the, you want to do a really deep diagnosis. No matter what your health is, if you have cancer, the faster you breathe, the sooner you die. The faster you breathe, the less oxygen you get. The faster you breathe, the sooner you get cancer, or the quicker you're going to die from it. Why? And this relates to bicarbonate. The faster you breathe, if you're sitting there doing nothing, and you're breathing fast, and I'm saying over 12 breaths a minute is fast, the more you breathe, the less oxygen you get, because you're blowing off the CO2. You're doing nothing. You're not creating, you know, exercising, you got it, you huff and puff and breathe fast, well, you need to do that because you're producing a lot of CO2. It's a waste product in the cells. Even though it's also a healthy gas, it's still we produce it in exercise. And it's one of the reasons exercise is so healthy. We produce a lot of CO2. But when you're sitting doing nothing and you're breathing fast, you're getting rid of the CO2, and then the blood vessels contract, and the oxygen doesn't get transported. So people who are breathing too fast, like 20 breaths a minute, they probably have cancer already, or 25, 18, you're approaching it. So in my protocol, yes, is bicarbonate and potassium bicarbonate, and there's this breathing device called the Breath Slim, it was originally called the Fravlov in Russia. It's a little breathing device, costs 50 bucks, and let me tell you, Luke, there is nothing stronger, more powerful in medicine and health than getting in control of your breath. There's nothing more important in life, nothing, nothing more important in life than the next breath a person takes. Because if they don't take it, they're gonna be dead in two, three, four, five minutes. Dead. That's how important the next breath is. How we take that breath and how fast we take that breath, it's like setting a carburetor in an old car. You know, if the carburetor was crap, the whole car, you know, everything else could be perfect. The car wouldn't run right. And the same with our breathing. Most people are terrible breathers today. Terrible. Everybody's stressed out. Everything's moving too fast. 
and we're breathing too fast and we're lowering our oxygen and we run right into cancer because that's what cells starve of oxygen and they need something else and they turn to fermentation. Right, yeah, totally. So bicarbonate is an instant way to jump into the pool of this situation. It gives you access to instant oxygen. It'll alkalize, if you take enough of it, like in cancer, you want to take enough bicarbonate to get your urinary pH up to eight. And at eight, you're alkaline enough, you're flooding the body with oxygen, and cancer does not like it. But the healthy cells love it, and then they'll start singing a, core, a song because they're humming with oxygen. Things are opening up, and this makes sense for cancer patients and anybody else. I mean, especially as I say, you get older, or you're about to get the flu, take bicarbonate. Pull the rug out from any kind of virus or the conditions that are creating what we call a viral infection. Vir viruses themselves, if you believe in them, are pH sensitive. That makes really good common sense. And one thing I like about it, too, is it's so damn cheap. I mean, it's like if you can get some good, like, uh, you know, I think it's called Red Dr. Bob's Red Mill. You know, it doesn't have any aluminum in it. Some of the baking soda is a little funky, but I like that brand, and I can't remember mm. the name. So, no, actually, actually, it's incorrect. There is no such thing as sodium bicarbonate with aluminum. Oh, oh really? It's just a marketing thing. Arm and Hammer's. No way! That's so funny because I've been yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. avoiding that type of baking soda for like ten years because I just heard that. That's so funny. So, what would like a you know just say not for someone with cancer, but just a maintenance health dose? If someone wanted to do that on a daily or weekly basis, what would be a recommended dose of just throwing some baking soda in water for health habits? Oh, uh, half a teaspoon first thing in the morning. Once a day, or if you're acidic and you're eating meat and coffee, and you know, I mean, it's very easy to test your acidity. If you're, you know, get some pH paper and take your urine and the saliva. And if you're an acid, you can take more. But uh, if you're a very healthy person, still a half a teaspoon a day with some lemon would be wonderful. Twice a day, if you're not feeling good and you're facing something. Or you're you know, over 50, you, know, you can even think of three half teaspoons a day. Okay, cool. And then Se seven is the maximum. Seven okay. half teaspoons a day is the maximum dose for an adult. Okay, awesome. Very good information. And then the other thing I wanted to cover was what's called molecular hydration. And one of the products, again, that you recommend uh, to get that is called Mega Hydrate. And that's another one I've been using for years and I was like so excited to see that's part of your protocol. What is the you know, layman's definition of molecular hydrogen and a product like Mega Hydrate? What does that do? Well, hydrogen is, an L, is the smallest molecule, the smallest. Uh, if you compare it to vitamin C, it's like uh, the Earth compared to Jupiter or Saturn. It's, I, I don't remember the number, like 131 times smaller. It's just small. So when you drink hydrogen gas inside dissolved in water, or you breathe it, you know, they make these for the hospitals and clinics, these hydrogen machines to put out hydrogen gas. The mega hydrate, you know, you can take the capsules and then swallow and then wash it down with plenty of water and turn the gas in the stomach. The hydrogen gets everywhere. There's no place it won't go because it's so small, it'll just flood everything. 
and it has this capacity to neutralize oxidative products. The, it, it turns them to water. So the output of the cells, the toxicity that the cells are putting out because they're like little factories, this thing just totally like, it turns, makes hydration complete. So it's just because not, it adds hydration because it turns these oxidative particles into water. If you drink enough hydrogen every day, it's like getting an IV of vitamin C, which wow. gets very expensive and inconvenient. I've noticed that, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. So with something like uh, mega hydrate, essentially you're taking a massive dose of an antioxidant then, right? If it's going out and exactly. scavenging free radicals and things that are oxidizing you, which basically the way I look at it is like you're rusting from the inside out. So something like mega hydrate is going to then combat that process and sort of reverse that. Is that what you're saying? Right. Cool. Right. Cool. So in terms of like a, an antioxidant, say like I'm eating a cup of blueberries and I think people think antioxidants, I need the polyphenols from like a, you know, richly colored uh, fruit like blueberries or maybe spirulina or something like that. Would you say mm. Um, mm. a hydrogen product like mega hydrate would eclipse that on, in terms of like the antioxidant potential of it? Yes. Yes. It's also important, uh, in fact, I'm going to be publishing an essay this week or next week, a Dr. Circus's Water Cure. You know, the water we drink and what's in the water is everything, or almost everything. It's like a huge basic, like slow breathing and bringing oxygen level up. How we deal with water, the water element, first you have to have it pure enough through one of different kinds of filtering processes. Unless you live where I do, and we get the water right from the mountain, comes into the town, they don't even treat it, and comes, I'm at the end of the line, and we get pure water without filtering. Oh, you have like spring, no you have spring water coming into your house? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm buying the property next door. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my dream because I actually go up to the mountains myself and get my own spring water or I have a company called a Fountain of Truth Spring Water here in LA that delivers, you know, totally raw, untreated, totally not irradiated, no, no UV, just glass spring water to your house, which is fantastic. But a lot of people aren't in that position. So, wow, God, you're so fortunate. I'm surrounded on three sides by two rivers that meet. The rivers meet 100 um, yards below the house. That's fantastic. So I'm, I'm in like this paradise, water paradise. Oh, my it's God. Funny. So for someone that's not so situated uh, and fortunate as you or I that has you know access to spring water in their pipes or getting it delivered or going to get it, what would you say is the next best version of drinking water that we could be taking in order to prevent disease? And especially if we're sick with cancer or something like that and don't want to add to the pathology we're experiencing. Well, it depends where you live. If you live in Europe or you live in California or Australia, you can get uh, through three different waters from each one of those places. Uh, in California, it's called Noah's Water. comes from the Sacramento area. Very high in magnesium bicarbonate. If you don't live in these areas, then there's a concentrate that you can buy from Florida that is a magnesium bicarbonate concentrate and you can you make a gallon or half a gallon of water every day with this concentrate, and you make your own water. And the this whole idea of putting hydrogen in the water, 
and I have a book called Water-Based Medicine. That's why I like the, the Nascent and the Lugols. I use a liquid selenium product. Like the first glass of water in the morning I have is this pH adjust, which is the magnesium, the sodium bicarbonate, and potassium bicarbonate. I put it in the water. If you're you know, dying or you're, you know, have cancer and you need maximum healing ability, all of your water is going to have one of these kind of products or combination going from one, like one glass, you'll be your hydrogen. Next glass would be your, your uh, pH adjust. Next glass would be magnesium bicarbonate. Bringing in enough water in these kind of forms is medicine. It's very strong medicine. That's cool. I agree just on a, you know, on a, uh, a gut level, just my own instincts kind of tell me that as well. And I definitely want to link out to your book on water. Do you know the brand that you recommend from Florida of this magnesium bicarbonate or is that available? Is that linked on your site or how would people find that? Yes, it's, it's linked on my, it's linked on my site. Everything I'm talking about is on my protocol page. Perfect. Perfect. Cool. All the items. Cool. And then I, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of a gentleman named Gerald Polak, uh, but he's described something as this exclusion zone water or easy water. My listeners are probably like, what the hell is that? But just as a personal uh, side note, it sounds like some of the stuff you're describing with the mega hydrate and the magnesium uh, bicarbonate water and all that, would that be like a way to create your own easy water? Yes, and including the biomat in that because <clears throat> his work is, is one of the best works talking about the interaction of light and water. When light hits water, it creates these exclusion zones. It creates a, a level of organization and structure to the water. So, like, you know, photosynthesis. People don't know it, but we ourselves have this process inside. We're, we are light beings. We absorb light and we re-radiate it. The physics, Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. You know, we can't perceive anything, anything. We can't think, can't imagine, can't smell, can't do anything without these color levels, with this light, this perceptual universes that each color opens up inside of us. So, you know, water is, as light enters us, it's, it's captured by the water and makes water alive. And putting in these minerals accentuates that. It, it, it creates the, this whole other level of interaction with the environment, bringing in good water and light. You know, it's like uh, making a soup, you know, the basic thing. It's you got the basics there. You got the basics to, for life and for health and for energy and for healing. That makes perfect sense to me. And I early on in the show, uh, maybe got eight months ago or something, one of my first guests was a guy named Dr. Jack Cruz. And he talk, he talks, you know, on like a very scientific, very deep quantum physics level about these things. And I'm more just the intuitive, just nature-based guy. So I just know, like, I feel good when I drink spring water and when I get out in the sun a lot. And, and you've just kind of explained some of those reasons why, as did Dr. Cruz. So I, I love hearing that there's actually some scientific validity behind those, those principles. To me, it's just like we've evolved on this earth 
to drink natural water with the right amount of minerals and to be out in the sun. On that note, I wanted to ask your opinion on sun exposure. And it's something I mentioned earlier. I find that a lot of people have this sort of um, paranoia about being in the sun and that the sun's this dangerous thing that we need to fear and that it's going to give you cancer. So when you speak of infrared light that we get from the sun, do you think there's any danger? Um, obviously, getting burned in the sun is not healthy uh, by any stretch, but do you think that we're getting enough sun? No, sure not. Well, I, I say it all. I wrote an essay last week and published. It's called Killing People with Sun Deficiency. <laughs> okay, good, good. All right. Yes, you know, keeping people away from the sun and making them cover themselves totally or putting on these, uh, these sunblocks you know, create vitamin D deficiency. And vitamin D deficiency is dangerous, causes inflammation, cancer, lots of problems, health problems. We need the sun. The sun is health. We don't want too much sun. A perfect amount of sun would be enough to get a little pink every day. That would be kind of like perfect sun. This whole fear thing, oh, the a little pink every day, you're going to get cancer. No, you're not going to get cancer. You get cancer when you don't get enough sun. <laughs> right, right. Especially if you if you have darker skin, right? I mean, there's people that whose ancestry goes to somewhere like South America or India or the continent of Africa, and then they find themselves living in, you know, Iceland or <laughs> Chicago or whatever and have dark skin and, and really are becoming even more so sun deficient. Would you agree that for darker skinned people, it's even more crucial that they get out and get a decent amount of sunlight? It's crucial for everybody. Okay. Everybody. You know, what I, how I start my day every day? Well, I wake up very early, way before the sun, do my meditation, my yoga. But the minute the sun's about to come over the horizon, over the mountains, I get down the porch like a good uh, pharaoh from sitting on top of his pyramid, and I do solar gazing. I watch the sun directly and eat it with my eyes as it comes over the horizon. Awesome. Yeah, I do that a lot with sunsets. I'm never up early enough to sun gaze for the morning sun, but for sure. And that's and that's that's another thing that people are freaked out about too is that I mean, obviously you don't want to sun gaze at, you know, solar noon and burn your eyeballs to a crisp, but there's that safe window upon sunrise and sunset when the sun's intensity and the distance to the sun is is appropriate enough to actually look directly into the sun and get fortified by that light, correct? Correct. And in fact, I went to the eye doctor the last week. <clears throat> they had made a mistake. I had had them copy one of my lenses and it was wrong. And so I had to have another examination. I've had stigmatism since I was a kid. And the doctor says, well, your stigmatism has changed. It's gotten less. It's, and that almost never happens. Interesting. And do you attribute some of that to your sun gazing practice? And if so, how long have you been doing that? I've been doing it when I'm here, you know, at Sanctuary. These past few years I've been doing it. And whenever the sun, in the rainy season, of course, we don't get much sun, but uh, at least in the morning. But uh, I've been doing it for a few years. And the last time I had my uh, eyes checked was uh, almost three years ago. Wow, awesome. I love to see that, that nature can in fact heal us. So thank you for that. And as we near toward the end of the call, I know you've got some stuff to do and you've got to bounce. And I, I think I've 
I always have a million more questions, but just getting back to the subject of cancer, um, and you've mm. obviously seen a lot of miracles in terms of people reversing that condition using your protocol and other natural protocols. Are there any types of cancer that are particularly more resistant to natural healing or some that just don't respond to any of this stuff at all? I really couldn't answer that. Not not accurately. Um, I look at cancer as cancer. You know, you have cancers of different organs and multiple cancers and my kind of my approach is universal because it's dealing with the basics of physiology, not with specifically with the type of cancer. I see. But taking that with a grain of salt, let's just talk, go back to iodine. Why iodine is a great cancer agent, especially for thyroid cancer, especially for breast cancer, ovarian cancer, and prostate cancer, very common cancers. And even for lung cancer, because you can spray it into the lungs, you can nebulize it like a shotgun and put it right into the lungs also. These glands, not the lungs, but the glands I mentioned, all concentrate iodine. So deficiency in iodine leave them vulnerable to getting cancer. So certain kinds of cancer will respond more to certain elements in a natural protocol. Uh, than others. Right. That totally makes sense. I think that's kind of what I was getting at because I don't know, you hear the different types of cancer that, you know, are, are tougher. And if somebody's diagnosed with a certain type of cancer, I, everyone kind of gasps and they're like, oh no, not that one. There's no hope for, for them. And I mean, I personally believe in miracles and I believe in the power of the human body and intention and all of these minerals and elements and sun and water and all the things we've talked about with the ability to give our body the raw materials it needs to rebuild the immune system and help itself. But I think a lot of people have a lot of stronger fears just because of the word association to different types of cancer. And I like the idea of sort of dispelling that and giving the, the hope that anything is possible if you give the body what it needs. And the first thing people should do if they get cancer or even worried about it, concerned about Check their breathing rate and check their pH levels. If you're breathing over 12 breaths a minute, you're not doing so good. 12 clinically now is normal, but 50 years ago in the medical textbooks, it was eight. How would one check that, Mark, just as you're living your daily life? I mean, do you just stop and just breathe naturally and see how you're doing? The problem with breathing and measuring how fast you're breathing is the minute you look at your breath, it changes. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. So if you really want an accurate, you have somebody, a lover or somebody in the family, when you're watching TV, you know, put their hand on your stomach or belly or chest and start counting your breathing. Or when you're sleeping, how fast are you breathing? Having somebody else measure it. But if you're going to measure it yourself, you can get a pretty accurate reading because basically you just, you know, just sit down, tune into your breath. Realize that you're changing it just by looking at it. And this is a principle from physics, but really happens with breathing. And But then just watch it. Don't try to change it. Just watch your breathing. Don't even try to count it. Watch it. And once you see its rhythm, then start counting. Okay, cool. Probably you're already a little slower than normal because you're watching, and, but then count. And when I use this little breath slim machine, I'm breathing at two or three breaths a minute. 
And I do that for 20 minutes. Wow, cool, cool. I like that. That sounds like a neat practice. It's really cool. And if you breathe perfectly, what's a perfect breath? Breathe in slowly, filling up the abdomen, then the sternum area, then the top of the chest, like three-part yoga breathing. Breathe out even slower than breathing in. And then because you're breathing so well and so slowly that you don't even have hunger for the next breath. Your, your body's so much oxygen. So you breathe out and then the stop. And then, That's awesome. That's awesome. And then you breathe. So you can go instantly into meditation if you're breathing right because you breathe out and into nothing. Then you hang out there with nothing for a few seconds and then you take the next breath. That's funny because That's I've been cool. I've been really kind of focusing on my breathing ever since you mentioned it on this show. I'm sort of doing it while you're talking, so that's it's something that's again it's it's not only cheap but free and something anyone can do with a little bit of intention. So, speaking of the expense of treatment, my my last question for you on the topic is. Um, you know, a lot of people I think are afraid of alternative medicine and these other modalities that are outside of the norm and a little bit fringe because insurance rarely, if ever, covers any of them. So I think some people, when they come down with something like this, will even opt for a less effective traditional Western approach that will be covered by their insurance because they're afraid of the expense. So when it comes to treating cancer, how would you compare some of these natural methods as opposed to going the Western traditional route in terms of like the bottom line dollar expense? Well, if you took uh, prostate cancer, for example, you know, they have different pro uh, uh, protocols for treating prostate cancer. One of them is doing nothing. Well, that's so they cheap. figure out the cost. If you, yeah, no, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, if you're okay, going okay. to a regular doctor and you're under a doctor's care and you do the treatment program of doing nothing, it's still that nothing costs more than setting up a clinic in your own home with all the medical equipment and all the medicinals you need. If you compare natural in, in my program, because in my pro, what I do basically I do internationally or my site and my books is I teach people how to set up a clinic in their own home buy all the equipment they need, all the medicinals they need, and teach them how to take care of themselves or have your wife or husband or daughters or sons take care of you. And some people do consultations with me, but basically I've engineered things where people can be very independent. The system itself, natural allopathic medicine, is easy Easy to learn, easy, easy. It's so easy, it could be almost humiliating. I it's I, so I, easy, you could teach a high school student in, in half a semester. How about in, in one weekend? Honestly, I get it's that from easy. just from looking around your site. I've been to it before, but going back and really digging in, I'm like, actually, I don't know if I've just gotten better at this stuff, but it does sound fairly simple. There's not a lot of complicated protocol. There's, you know, 10, 15 things that you kind of have to add in depending on what your goal is, I guess. But I really like that your approach is attainable and it's not too confusing. So that's, you know, in addition to the expense monetarily, there's the expense of the learning curve of trying to become your own doctor. And it can be um, quite taxing on the intellect. You have to have a certain amount of you know, cognitive ability, and sometimes that's lacking when someone's really sick, right? 
Yes. Yes. Like you have to make sure. it simple for someone who's sick because you know it's like their brain's not working right. So I appreciate uh, I appreciate that and the work that you do. So what's next for you in Brazil? Um, I heard the possibility of you um, developing a place where people can come. Is that correct? Yeah, just it's eleven years. I'm just finishing. Probably the next two. I I thought I was finishing for the last six months. I've been saying you know, three more days for months. I gave that up, but we're really are finishing, and we need to legally organize ourselves here to receive people. And then, sure, we're going to be receiving people for retreats. Um, we'll do some groups here, we'll do some training. You know, my work here is a little different than my work online. My work online is mostly the medicine, treating with medicinals and medicine. But my more personal work is more I'm more of a doctor of the soul than I am a doctor of the body. I'm a, a color psychologist. I'm a listening psychologist. I'm a color psychologist. And I've de- through the decades, I've developed that side of myself more than any other side where I can sit with a person and really tune into them, go past their mind, into their hearts, and really see and grasp what their major conflicts are and when it comes to cancer, this so often is very important because it's usually something we need to change about ourselves to get better. It's not just medicine. Of course, changing our breathing really changes ourselves, but people have things going on, and resolving the big ones helps a lot. <laughs> so that's the kind of work I look forward to doing here in the future getting into the deeper things with people, and offering that online, offering um, a process called creative conflict, communication and listening skills for small groups, for families, sexual counseling, sexual therapy type thing online. Can I start exporting from my sanctuary site this part of my work? So in closing, Mark, you've taught me so much. You've taught our guests so much about general health and well-being as well as cancer and how to cure it on your own. Who have been three teachers or teachings that you might recommend to our listeners? Could be a book, a person, a philosophy, someone in your personal life, anyone. First book I would recommend would be, if you can find it online, is Creative Conflict Book by Christopher Hills. Uh, communication and listening have so much to do with everything. Dr. Brownstein's books are fantastic. He's a great doctor. If I had to go to a doctor, I'd go to Dr. Brownstein. So his books are very good, especially on thyroid. And beside all my own books, I haven't been reading other people's books in a long time, so I've just been writing them. Well, thank you for the recommendations, Mark, and I really appreciate you coming on the show. We're going to, of course, link to everything on your site and all the stuff that you just mentioned. We covered a lot of ground here, so thank you for your time and your work in the world. It's been my pleasure, Luke. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely, man. I'll talk to you soon. Be well. Do you want me to call 911 uh, to have somebody come put your skull back together after your mind was blown from that <laughs> discussion with Dr. Mark Circus? Really crazy stuff, right? I love these natural treatments. I love alternative medicine. Really trippy stuff. Now, some of this stuff sounds a little out there. I, I get that. You know, a-, a lot of the things that I cover are 
a little bit, um, you know, out in left field, but that doesn't mean that they don't work. And if you dig into Mark's site, as I said in the intro, there is just a wealth of information in there. And there's tons of other stuff out there. So if you know someone that has cancer or any other chronic disease and they're going to take the surgery, um, you know, pharmaceutical route to treat it, I would highly recommend doing some research. There's a lot of snake oil and quackery out there for sure. There's a lot of fugazi treatments that aren't going to do anything but make you worse. But there are some great experts like this doctor out there. So share this episode with anyone you know who's struggled with chronic disease or cancer specifically. You'll be doing the world and alternative medicine a favor, okay? Uh, As I said earlier, don't forget to tune in Tuesday for episode number 75 with the infamous, I mean, super infamous, radical Dr. Jack Cruz. And I've, I've had Jack on the show before. I've also listened to him on tons of other podcasts. I've watched a lot of his YouTube videos. He's a really bright guy. He's a neurosurgeon. You know, he's literally a brain surgeon. And I've got to say, and this is, you know, I'm partial, of course, because it's my show and I was the one doing the interview, but I have to say, this is the most epic Jack Cruz interview of all time. And that comes out on Tuesday. So you don't want to miss that. And of course, the best way for you to ensure that you don't miss the episode with Dr. Cruz is to click subscribe on your device or your screen, wherever you're listening to this voice right now, to make sure that you're subscribed. And that way, what happens is every episode of my podcast, The Lifestylist, will be automatically downloaded to whatever you're listening to this stuff on. Okay. And uh, without uh, further ado, I will let you get on with your 4th of July. Thank you so much for listening. If you're catching this after 4th of July, well, I hope you had a good one. And I will see you on the next show. 